Glad to be in God's house. Well, hi uh, to SCI Chester with our partnership with God Behind Bars. Come on, let's clap for them. We love you. Well, it is uh, Labor Day weekend. Summer's over. Who's excited summer's over? For real. I don't know you're a fall girl, but okay. Um, yeah, if you're excited, summer's over. Well, we got next steps after service. You can come get prayed for because that's, that's crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> today I get to conclude our everyday evangelism series. And uh, now I want you to know that what is preached from uh, this platform isn't just preached, it's practice. And uh, as a staff, we are continually encouraged and um, pressed and uh, making sure that we are inviting people out to church, that we're sharing the gospel with people. And, uh, and Pastor Jay, she puts us all to shame. She invites everybody out. She's a one-person walking evangelist, revivalist. And so, uh, but it was funny. I was maybe two or three weeks ago after the 6 o'clock service. I was walking through the foyer, and uh, Tabby, our Next Steps director, grabbed me. She said, hey, there's somebody in next step. They need prayer. Can you come in and, and pray for them? I said, absolutely. I went in and I, and I prayed for them. And after I prayed for them, I, I asked them, I said, how, how did you, how'd you hear about True North? Who invited you out? And uh, he said, I'm actually, I, I work at a restaurant. I'm a waiter at a restaurant. And uh, Pastor Jesse actually invited me out. He left me a generous tip and he gave me one of these invite cards. And I said, that's incredible. And I, I walked him over and uh, introduced him to Pastor Jesse. But I tell you that for two reasons. Number one, like I just said, uh, we practice what we preach here, that we're in the world, we're inviting people out, and two, that our pastor who stands up here and preaches week in and week out, uh, is a, he leads with character and integrity. He doesn't say one thing and do something different. What he says, he does, and so I love Pastor Jesse, and uh, I hope you do too. Come on, clap for Pastor Jesse. Appreciate him. All right, let's get into the word, Romans 10, 13 through 15. Um, it's incredible that he does this every week. I only preach one service, and I already feel like I'm losing my voice. And so I was in Bible college, they told me, they said, preach every message like it's your last. They didn't tell me that you had to preach four times in one day. And so should email them. Yeah, I'm still going to preach like it's my last breath. Here we go. Romans 10, 13 through 15, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I want to uh, title this talk, this sermon, The Legacy of Evangelism. Pray with me. Father, we're grateful to be found in your house. God, we're grateful that you've called us that you've anointed us, that you've equipped us, that you've called us for such a time as this. God, I pray that as we gather in your house, as we gather as the church, God, that we would be encouraged, that we would be built up, God, that we would be reminded of what you've called us through. Holy Spirit, anoint this time together. Lord, fill us afresh. And Lord, would you do what only you can do? Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
growing up, my, uh, my dad was my favorite storyteller. He would, he would tell incredible stories, and, you know, one of those things where you hear a story about, you know, a dozen times or two dozen times, and, man, it was just, it was, it was family stories. I loved hearing stories about my, my grandpa. My grandpa is now 90 years old. And, uh, and I've heard the stories he tell, man, whew, I've lost count how many times I've heard stories from my grandpa. He was up in, uh, he's from North Jersey, Elizabeth, and so my family moved down to South Jersey. Thank you, Jesus, we got, we got to the good part of the state. And uh, so I was just hearing stories about, uh, they, they, they worked at PSNG, the, the power plant there, and my, my dad would tell stories about growing up and they grew up, uh, they, they, my, my grandpa had a uh, house on the lagoon or the bay, and uh, one, of the, one of the stories I loved hearing was my dad would tell this uh, story about how um, a, a boat was coming through the, the bay area. Their house was here. They had a wood dock, and they had a, my, my dad and his brothers had a bunch of boats, and across the way was like swamp and weeds and things like that. So one day they're outside, and they're all just enjoying a, a nice day on the bay, and a boat was coming in. And the boat actually caught fire. And so the, 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 they're trying to, you know, the guys on the boat are trying to get this fire out. And they're kind of watching and they're yelling like, hey, get off the boat. Don't worry about it, you know. But these guys are trying to get it off. And so they're, they're watching, you know, a boat's burning through, through, the, through the canal. And, uh, you know, they're kind of watching as this kind of a spectacle, you could say. And as they're watching it, the, the, the boat, it's a wood boat. It's burning more and more. And the flames are getting so high that it almost acts as a sail. And it starts pushing the boat towards their dock. And so they're kind of sitting there watching this. And it quickly turns to panic as they're like, get the boats, move the boats. And so they're all jumping into their boats. And sure enough, this, this boat that is on fire comes into their dock burns their dock, and they're trying to, they got a garden hose, but you know, a big fire with a garden hose isn't doing much, and so even so, they were getting so nervous that they had a, a shed with gas in it and things like that, and they're spraying that down, they're getting the gas out to the street, and there's just stories, and I loved hearing these stories, and I want you to be encouraged that when you read scripture, man, these are your family's stories, that you are part of the family of faith, that generations have gone before you, that, that you have a, a rich heritage, that you have a legacy. I don't know what your personal family looks like, but I know that you are a part of the family of God. If you said yes to Jesus, you've been a, a adopted into the family of God. And so the, the family of God should, be, should encourage us. And, and God, God's redemptive plan for humanity was to take a group of people and say, you are my people, you're blessed, and I want to use you to be a blessing to the world. I want to start with Abraham. You see in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You're going to have, uh, um, in the Old Testament, God, he calls Israel, and he says, hey, you are my people. I'm going to bless you with land. I'm going to bless you with wisdom. I'm going to bless you as a people, not so that the blessing would stop on you, but so that you would be a blessing to other people. You see this throughout all of the Old Testament. Out of Egypt, 
Many people learn to follow God. That's Exodus 12, 38. Out of Canaan, Rahab, the harlot, and her family learned to follow God. That's Joshua 6, 23, Hebrews eleven thirty one. 31. Out of Ethiopia, the queen of Sheba learned to follow God. That's 1 Kings 10, 1 through 13. Out of Moab, Ruth learned to follow God. That's Ruth 1, 16. Out of Syria, Naaman learned to follow God. That's uh, 2 Kings 5, 1 through 19. And out of Syria, the Ninevites learned to follow God. That's Jonah 3, 5 through 10. So God's redemptive plan for humanity is to say, hey, you are my people. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to call you. And that blessing isn't meant to terminate on you, but it's meant to flow through you to other people. God calls us, blesses us as a people, as the family of faith, as the church of Jesus Christ, not just so that we could be blessed, but so that we can bless other people. And so in the Old Testament, you saw it with uh, Israel. God would use Israel as a blessing to other nations. And in the New Testament, God uses the church, the family of faith. We're going to uh, be in Acts 19, 1 through 19. Or oh, 1 through 9, sorry. That would be a lot, a lot of Bible. But here we go. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Highlight that, underline that, remember that, we'll get back to that. And asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. When it comes to evangelism, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the advocate, the helper, that you're not doing this alone. I, I don't know what your workplace looks like, what your, your, your school situation looks like, where, where you find yourself midweek, but you need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Give me, words of, give me a word of knowledge. Give me confidence. Give me boldness. Jesus even speaks of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you, hey, I carry the gospel. I carry the good news. He's going to remind you that I'm the light of the world and the salt of the earth. He's going to remind you that the message that you carry, the Holy Spirit that indwells in you, is supposed to flow through you, that you are a blessed people. But God didn't call you just to be blessed. He called you to be a blessing to others. And, so, and so I want to encourage you as you step into everyday evangelism, whether it's at work or at school or just in life, that you would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit as believers, that we would be empowered by it. Pray daily, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Holy Spirit, give me opportunities to share the gospel today. Holy Spirit, I need you today. Man, I feel like sometimes we, the, 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 the Holy Spirit is kind of like a, a second cousin that we forget about. It's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That can get weird, so 
We're not doing that. But I, I, I encourage you, it is biblical that the, the, the disciples in the New Testament, in the church, they needed the Holy Spirit. They were reminded how important the Holy Spirit is in the lives of believers. And so as a believer who steps into this calling, be, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Pray that the Holy Spirit, pray that the Holy Spirit would flow through you. And he found some disciples. First one, I think it's important that you, you need to be reminded. And, and maybe you're the only person at your work that believes in Jesus. Maybe you're like, you feel like you're the only person at your school that believes in Jesus. One, you're not alone. The Holy Spirit indwells you. The Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you afresh. The Holy Spirit, the advocate, you have that advocate. But you need to be reminded of the family of faith that has gone before you and the family of faith that stands beside you. Pastor Lewis was just talking to me upstairs. He said that the month of August was, there was the most amount of uh, new people or first time the church recorded all year, the month of August. That during this series, as Pastor Jesse preaches uh, from Acts and about everyday evangelism, that the church, that the family of faith is stepping into what God has called us to, that we're not doing this alone. I, I know there, it sounds like a, a loud minority about the statistics and about the church, but our statistics in this family of faith is, are, are different. New people are hearing about Jesus. New people are coming to church. This church family, the family of faith, is stepping into what God has called us to, empowered by the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you know what? You are not alone. Amen? Because here's, here's, here's how I think a lot of us view the church or, or view the family of faith. We can get so caught up on social media and so caught up on the news that we forget about the people of God, the family of faith that stands Besides this, I was, uh, if you heard this story before, I apologize, but if you haven't, uh, I was living in Australia. I was in Bible college at the time, and I was going to my friend's uh, 18th birthday party. His name was Jimmy Swagger. It wasn't his real name, but he, uh, he was a, a youth leader, and he was a part of Tribe Swagger, and he would always just, he, his last name was always the tribe name, and so I only know him, I still to this day, I don't know his last name, I I only call him Jimmy Swagger. So we were going to a place called Bankstown uh, to celebrate his 18th birthday party, and he was Fijian, and so he was having like a Fijian barbecue birthday, and it was incredible. I mean, they had like big fire pits going with meat. I mean, it was awesome. And so me and my three friends, uh, we, uh, two of them were my roommates, another guy, his name was Sean John. He was from Indonesia. And uh, we, we got uh, on a train from central Sydney, go out to Bankstown, we're at this 18th birthday party, it's awesome, and it's about 11.30, and so uh, we got to take a 12 o'clock train or 11.45 train back into central Sydney, and so we're going uh, at the train station, my friend, one of my best friends, Danny, uh, he's, not, he's not a guy looking for trouble, you need to know this, he's not a guy who's looking for a fight, he's not one of those guys, and so we're walking on the train platform, and there's a group of people, and as he's walking, I guess he's just being aloof, he's not paying attention, uh, he shoulders somebody, you know, he bumps shoulders with somebody, and so we'll keep walking, and he's like, Bri, Bri, someone's following, they're following us. I go, dude, they're not following us, relax. So we get onto the train, and we sit on, on, on the cart that has like a bench and a bench, and then it's a lot of seating, right, and they have the poles that you hold on to, so me and uh, uh, somebody else sitting there, and then two of my friends are, Sean John sitting next to me, and two of my friends are sitting across the way, and sure enough, they followed us, and they came onto this train, hot. I mean, they come in, they're like, what's up, what's up, what's up? You know, they're getting in our face, and they're like, they're going for it, and they're yelling, and my friends, church, I, I mean this, 
they look scared. I don't mean stoic, I mean scared. I mean, they're like, you know, they're freaking out. And so they're, they're, they're big dudes and, 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 and face tattoos, face piercings. Okay, so I knew, okay, this isn't great, but they are petrified. They are scared. And so finally, you know, after these guys are in our face, they're yelling, they're getting, you know, all, I, I, okay, that's enough. I go, all right, all right, all right. That's, that's, that's good. We're good. So guy, face tattoo, face piercings walks up to me as I'm sitting down. He looks over me and goes, what's up, are you good? Now I have problems, church. <laughs> I have problems. The sermon was not my gift at this moment. And I go, yeah, I'm good. Are you good? <laughs> now, word for the wise, if a guy has face piercings and face tattoos and he's standing over you, don't give him attitude, just kind of, you know. So anyway, he punched me right in the face. I mean, he just, whoop. And, and all his friends, they jump in, and they start, they, they start beating me up. And uh, only guy that stood up was Sean John. He stood up. He got punched in the nose, and he sat back down. He was right. I remember, like, as I'm getting punched, I see him sit down and just put his hand over his nose. <laughs> so, so they leave, and I'm looking at my friends, and they are just, they're shaking. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know. You know, bad to worse, they come back on with more guys, and they start beating everybody up, and they're, they're like, they're, and I'm watching my friends, and they're, they're yelling at this point. They're like, ah! like, I, rem I vividly remember one of them, like, pushing himself up in the seat, like, trying to get away, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, the guy kneed me in the head, and my, my head, my, the thing that you hold on to, I bounced off that, and I said, okay, that's enough of this. I got to get out of here. So I, I, I got some distance from, from that, and they ended up leaving. I was like, when is this train taking off? Like, it, like we've been sitting on this train. And so finally, the, the, it, it pulled off. But a lot of us, we view the family of faith this way, as passive as scared, as not stepping into it, I encourage you as the people of God, as the family of faith, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that, that we step into what God has called us to, that we would step up and say, hey, this is the gospel, this is the good news, this is what God has called us to, that the, that the Spirit of God does not make us scared, doesn't make us, is not fearful, it doesn't make us timid, but it gives us love, power, and a sound mind, that we would walk in what God has for us, that we wouldn't be scared and shrink back from what God has called us to, but we would share the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 8 says, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Persuasively for three months. I want you to take encouragement um, from this, because I think what happens is we want to share the gospel. We want to invite a friend out. We want to invite a friend, family member out. And they want to come in, and they want to get it right in a moment. You know, oh, they want their life changed. But, but that, that might not be the case. It might not often be the case. It might take an invite. It, may, it was three months, and per, he was persuasive. And I have a friend um, I've been praying for for 10 years. And I've been inviting out the church. Actually, I, I've exhausted every invite. He, he's explicitly said, Stop inviting me to church. At one point, I, I told him I was praying for him. I just texted him. I was praying for him in the morning. I just wanted to be encouraged, and I was praying for him. And he was like, and 99% of the time, people are not offended if you tell them 
99.9% of the time, I would say, people are not offended when you say that you're praying for them. And he texts me back. He's like, what are you praying for me for? He was offended by it. He's like, what, what, what are you praying for me for? And so, man, I've just been in this guy's world, and I've been praying for him. I'm believing that he's going to come to Jesus. I'm still believing that he's coming to Jesus. But he's been one of those people that has been tough to get through to. And so uh, recently, I had a, a friend. His dad passed away, and so we went to the funeral and I uh, was able to connect with a bunch of old friends there, and I saw them there. And after the funeral, he texts me, and he's like, man, I've just been thinking a lot about God. I've been, you know, uh, and I was like, what, what, what's going on? What happened? And he picked up, and it wasn't like a real God-centered service either. But at the funeral, he picked up one of those tracks about the feet in the sand. You guys know what I'm talking about? And he picked that up, and that moved him. I mean, that moved him. And, and like I said, I've been talking to this guy for a while. I've been trying to, you know, explain the gospel to him and tell him about Jesus. And so he picks up this card, and, and the Holy Spirit starts to do, does something in his life. He texts me, and he goes, is the Bible the John? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. Is John a good thing? If it is, then yes, the Bible is the John. <laughs> and so it takes time. It, it's... I think oftentimes we want it to be quick. We want it just to be like, yes, they get it right away. But there's times of persuasion. There's times of, hey, this is what it means. Hey, I have questions about this. And you're that person. Like, it, it, you might not be the person that has that moment. But something might happen in their life and they know, hey, I know they're a person of faith. I know that's a person of God. I know that's a person that knows scripture. One of my favorite stories about persuasion or somebody who is just reluctant to come to Jesus is a guy named C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis, you may know him for um, his children's literature, but he actually is probably one of the greatest apologists of the 20th century. Um, he wrote The Weight of Glory and The Problem of Pain. He was unbelievable, but as a kid in England, around 9 or 10 years old, his mom dies, and then he goes off to World War I, fights in the trenches, comes back to England, and is an atheist. He's like, I just saw too much suffering, too much pain in the world, and just goes, man, I do not believe in God. And so he's studying medieval literature and ancient literature, and he's getting frustrated because the Bible is not reading as fiction. And he has these friends, uh, Tolkien, you guys know Lord of the Rings, and G.K. Chesterton, and this other group at Oxford, and, and he's sitting down, and he's talking with them, and, and they're, they're continuing to explain who Jesus is, and the gospel, and what the word of God says, and I love, I love this one part. He says he was in a pub one night, and the fire's going, and an atheist comes in, and he sits down, and he's like, yes, I got my guy now. You know, he's got all these Christian friends. He's saying one by one, they, they keep getting converted, and so an atheist comes in, and he sits down across the fire from him, and he's like, yes, I got somebody on my side now, and the atheist says, you know, I'm so surprised about how good the historicity of the Gospels are, and he's like, oh, really? You know, and so he, he's having these conversations, and it's over the years and months uh, of time with his friends, and he says, he's, he, one day he's getting uh, in a sidecar on a motorcycle, him and his brother, which is hilarious, sidecars on motorcycles. And so his brothers, they're going to the zoo together, and he gets in the sidecar, and he says he got in the sidecar an atheist, and when he got to the zoo, he got out of the sidecar, he was a Christian. He said the hound of heaven was after him. And uh, he wrote, he says, I gave in and admitted that God was God and knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night, 
the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. The hound of heaven was after him. And can I just say, there, there's something so important just about being a faithful witness. It, it was over a period of time, you know, that, that, that Lewis, was, his friends were talking to him. And Paul's there, he says, for three months about being a faithful witness, showing up to work. I, I tell this to youth all the time. They work at Chick-fil-A or they work in retail and they don't like their jobs. But I encourage them, hey, be the best worker you can be. Show up and work the hardest, you know, that, like, do your best work there. Like, you want to be known, if you're the Christian there sharing the gospel, you better not be on your phone all day. All right, you better be the best worker there. That They say, hey, they're a Christian. They work hard. They're full of joy. They, they, they have peace about them. They, they're, they're not bringing drama with them. Like, the fruit of the Spirit is evident in their life. Martin Luther, uh, the father of our Reformation, or one of the fathers of, our, of the Reformation, uh, there's a story that goes, there was a, a new convert that came to Martin Luther. He says, I just accepted Jesus. What do I do now? And Martin Luther looked at him and says, well, what do you do for work? He says, I'm a cobbler. I make, I make shoes. And Martin Luther said, that's awesome. Make the best shoes and sell them at a fair price. There's something really important about being a faithful witness, showing up at your job and just saying, hey, I'm going to work hard today. I'm going to love people today. I'm going to be full of the, the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to be the best worker at my job. I want people to know that I represent Jesus. I'm going to share the gospel with them, but I'm also going to live this out. Amen? Verse 9, it says, but some of them became abstinent. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, the way was they were what Christians were called was early Christians were called the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had a discussion daily in the lecture halls of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Paul was renting a school, a secular school. If you know about uh, True North Church, we were at the VFW, then Cleveland Middle School, JNT, we rented schools and we're a mobile church for years in schools. I think we are in good company. But they had discussion daily. It was everyday evangelism. For two years, Paul just showed up and he shared Jesus and he talked about the gospel and he talked about Jesus. And my, my story, um, my, my dad, uh, first generation Christian, really my mom and my dad, um, uh, in, in outside of the Catholic Church, they, they, my dad worked at PSNG, and uh, one day he's at work, and a guy named John Christoph, uh, just a guy, just a mechanic. My dad even says he wasn't even a great mechanic, but he showed up, and uh, it was a random work day, and John Christoph shared the gospel with my dad, and my dad, um, after work, he was reluctant. He was just arguing at work as people do. And he invited him over after work. He went to his house, and they went through the Bible together. And John Christoph led my dad to the Lord. He said, hey, you can leave here, and, you know, or you can make a decision right now to say, you know, Jesus, my dad left. He went home. He said he woke up the next morning. Everything changed. He was a Holy Spirit just got a hold of his life. He became a Christian. And uh, I've told that part of the story before. I, I never told the second half of it. Um, so my dad becomes a Christian, and he's engaged to my mom. And my mom's, you know, at uh, Rowan or at Glassboro State College at the time. And she's like, what is going on? You know, like, the guy I'm engaged to would party every weekend and do it. He's like a devout Christian now. 
And my dad's learning so much about being unequally yoked that he's like, well, what do I do now? Because I'm a Christian, and I, I believe in Jesus. And so my, my dad's sharing the gospel with my mom, and my mom also at the time works at PSANG, and she goes in, and she's working, and um, the Holy Spirit starts doing something in her life, and the guy na- a guy named Terry Washington, who works with my mom, shares the gospel with her, and she gets saved. And my mom and dad, they talk about it. They would meet at the bank on Thursdays after work, and my mom pulled up, and she starts explaining the gospel to my dad, and my dad's sitting there in the car crying because this is what he's been praying for. And this is everyday evangelism. This is everyday evangelists, people stepping in to what God has called them to, sharing the gospel. I can personally say I'm so thankful that the church, that the family of faith stepped in and stepped out and, and, and shared the gospel because generations are changed because of it. A few weeks ago, Pastor Jesse shared on Philip the evangelist. And if you reminded the story, Philip, uh, God calls him to a road and and there's an Ethiopian eunuch there, and he's going through Isaiah, and Philip thinks he's on the way. He, he, really what God was calling to him was this guy who's sifting through Isaiah, and he's like, I don't know what this means. And, and Philip goes, hey, this is what it means. This is Jesus. This is what it's about. It's about Jesus. And the, the Ethiopian eunuch goes, awesome. I want to accept him. That's my Lord and Savior. He's like, awesome. There's some water right there. Let's get baptized. And the guy's like, yes. Let's get baptized. And so the the story kind of concludes there. But you actually see Philip one more time in the book of Acts. In Acts 21, it says, Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the evangelist, one of the seven. Verse 9, I want you to get this here. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Which tells me, is that Philip, he wasn't just an evangelist on the road. He was an evangelist in his home. That he shared the gospel with his kids. That he didn't have to walk far to share the gospel. And whether it's at work, at school, in the gym, wherever you find restaurants, wherever it might be, and there are people in front of you that you can share the gospel with, that you don't need to walk far to share the good news of the gospel. And don't forget your family, your immediate family. And uh, I, I'm going to just get through this because I don't want to cry. I told myself I wasn't crying in this message. But my, my daughter, uh, Isla, and my niece uh, both said yes to Jesus this summer at our Compass Kids Summer Camp. You can clap for Jesus. And that's the family of faith. That's the church. Romans 10, 15. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. In Jesus' name, my prayer for you is that your family will be a part of the family of God. Your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your aunts, your uncles. That God would use you to share this message, this gospel message, this good news. That the Holy Spirit would indwell you, would fill you afresh. And that God would, that the Holy Spirit would flow through you. That what God has blessed you with, you would be reminded of the gospel. And that you would share it with the people in your world. Whether it's at work, school, restaurants. And don't forget in your home. They say um, that those closest to you, if you're on fire for the Lord, those closest to you should feel the heat.
And I know, and I'm a young dad, I got young kids. But I know that it's a daily decision to step out and share the gospel with my kids. It's every day we're praying. Every day we're reading the word of God. Every day we're listening to worship music. I want to create an environment in my home where I'm not just evangelizing on the road. I'm not just evangelizing out in the world. I want to be first and foremost an evangelist to my children. That they may know the goodness of God. That they may receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads. I think I want to encourage you if you're a Christian in this room right now. As we conclude this everyday evangelism series that you would be reminded of the message that you carry the gospel message the good news Martin Luther it's one of my favorite quotes Martin Luther Martin Luther famously said says I need to be reminded of the gospel daily because I forget the gospel daily that you would be reminded of the gift that you have received the greater the gift the greater the gratitude Man, I don't know about you, but like when I'm grateful for something, when I'm thankful for something, man, I can't help but share it. Someone gives me an awesome gift or I have an awesome experience or, man, I can't, I can't wait to tell people about it and share it with people. And so the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news, which is the greatest news on planet earth, that us as believers, as the family of faith, we would carry it. We'd be reminded of it. We would have gratitude about it and that we would share it with the people in our world. I was talking to somebody recently. He had questions about faith, questions about God, questions about eternity. I mean, he had tons of questions. One of the things he said was, man, I understand Christianity and all these religions. Aren't all these religions the same? I said, let me stop you right there. On one side, there's a works mentality. That's every other religion. Do this. Don't do that. Be a good enough person. Say that. Don't say that. Do this. You can think of it as a ladder. You can kind of rip, get every rung and get up to, to God once you do enough good works. But I said Christianity stands alone and that Jesus came from heaven to earth. He came down to us because we couldn't do it. We fall short. We miss the mark. We sin. We mess up. We needed Jesus. What a great gift. So the Bible says that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short, that we all messed up. I don't know what your perception of Christianity is, but this isn't just a bunch of people. We have it all together and we're all perfect. No, we just worship the perfect one. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says if you confess your sins, if you believe in him, you say, you know what, I, I can't do it on my own. I need you. If you call upon the name, the, Lord, the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. The Bible says, for it is by grace through faith. Grace is unmerited favor. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't go out and be the best person you can and then come back and then you'll be ready to receive Jesus. You come just as you are. The Bible says, for while you're still a sinner, Christ died for you. So right where you sit, we're all going to say a prayer together. I want you to repeat it with me. Bible says you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's that simple, it's that easy. So right where you sit, we're all going to repeat this prayer together. And after we conclude service, there's going to be people out in the poor. They're going to have a Bible. I want you to go up, tell them that you made this decision. 
Tell them, you, you know, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. Can I have a Bible? Well, come on. Why don't you repeat this prayer for me? We're all going to repeat together. Say, Jesus, here I am. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I am now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope the message was encouraging to you. I hope it was challenging to you. I just pray that it, it edified you in the season that you find yourself in. One of, our, uh, one of our core values here at True North is we believe that we're made to move. And, and when we say that, I know sometimes people are confused by that. They're like, well, what does that mean, move? And, and we don't believe it's irrelevant or just random movement. We believe that is intentional movement um, in your personal walk with Jesus. We believe that that movement is, is directed and guided right to the person of Jesus. And we've, we've built and designed not only our church website, but our church app around the, the intention and the heart to help equip you and resource you on that journey with Jesus. So I pray that you take the time to look at our website, look at our app, and maybe you'll be encouraged through Care Plus or some of the devotionals that are available to you or past messages that are available to you. Share it with other people as it's our intention to resource people in their personal journey with Jesus.